Oh, my, my butthole had never been so puckered. The Cockney, well, there's no Cockneys in there, but everybody's doing the Cockney dance. Carol, she was a barrel of laughs. What, what, what? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys. Hey, kids. Welcome to this week's edition of Gabe's Gigs. Yes, we're back. We are back. It's been a hot minute. It's been a few hot minutes. Um, apologies, because we haven't put any content out for a while, but I've not been well. I've been ill. All my events were cancelled, and we had to go and hole ourselves up in bed, because we got the COVID again. Yes, for the third time. Um, it's not nice. It's not nice at all. It makes me visit the bathroom more than I want and takes all your energy uh, it's horrible and I got it from gigging I got it because I lick my audience too much I have to stop doing that anyone who's ever seen any of my gigs know that I'm just all about licking I like to get out there lick the audience as much as I possibly can so I've had to take that out of my show but I'm feeling better. Thank you very much uh, to everybody who sent me a uh, message saying get well soon and uh, all your best regards and all your best wishes. They were very appreciated. I was feeling dreadful, but I am alive and well, and I'm very thankful for that. And we can get back into doing these as well and put some more content because we've had some gigs now. Seeing that uh, I went and decided that I was going to go and do something. Instead of sitting there eating soup and watching Star Trek, feeling sorry for myself. But before we get into that, because we've got a special show for you today. I've got a double header. I've got a dude, a double, a double, as they would say in France. Le spectacle double. That's probably wrong, but that's that's my French for you. Uh, yes, we're going to do two gigs today because um, we haven't had we haven't had one for a while. So I'm going to give you two. Instead of one, you get. You get another one free. Uh, plus, they're a very yin and yang, so I just want to put a contrast on those events and let you know a little bit about them as well. Also, some news uh, about uh, the other podcast. People were asking about the stuff that I'd done previously and the mullets, the bands I've played in. But I'm, at the moment, trying to find and source all the information and all my back history videos photographs uh programs and anything that i was in from the circus days so i'm trying to find all that stuff uh, on hard drives and whatnot it's proving a little bit more difficult because it was around in the 2000s before we had camera phones and the interweb for, as it is now but anyway we'll get back to that uh i've also got a couple of shout outs as well um first and foremost Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for everybody who's been listening to the podcasts. We have hit 100 plays up on Anchor, so I'm very pleased about that. Thank you very much for all your support. I hope these aren't boring you and they're keeping you entertained, whatever you're doing whilst you're listening to them sat on the, 
on the sofa, having a chill, driving to work in the car, I don't know, maybe sat on the crapper, listening to it. That w- If, I don't know if I want to know if you were sat on the crapper whilst listening to it. Well, you know, every man's throne, as they say. Uh, but yes, so thank you very much for getting us up to 100 plays. Uh, we shall continue to now get to 1 million. Uh, that'll be the next shout-out I'll put out for you. Probably be a while. Probably be a while. But thank you very much for all your support is what I'm saying. Thank you very much, and I'll keep the content coming. Uh, keep the questions coming and keep the comments coming. Uh, you can Also, as you know, you can find me on Facebook, uh, the Gabriel Marshall. You can find me on Instagram, Gabriel Marshall, at Gabriel Marshall, I am. Um, you can also send me a letter, but you have to make it into a paper aeroplane and throw it at the top of a window. Then the owl will pick it up and it'll get to me. That's the old-fashioned way. Um, I've got another shout-out as well uh, to my old old mucker, my old Sadari DJ friend, uh, Mr. Sean Curran. Uh, a big shout-out to you at the minute, who is currently recovering, uh, I believe, either in a hospital or a home. He's had some issues, um, and I'm wishing you a very speedy recovery. I know life isn't fantastic for you at the minute, mate, and you've had some really shocking news, but... We're all thinking of you. I certainly am, and uh, I'm dedicating this to you this afternoon, mate. So get yourself better uh, and keep yourself fit. Uh, Our big friend, Mr. Sean Curran. Like we do at the beginning of the show, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to give you a little bit of news. We've got some international news, and I've also got the news from Wales. Yes, you've been waiting for it. The good stuff. Here's the news. Right, it's news time, news time. News, it's the news. I'm going to go international first, foremost, purely because I got to watch something sporting-wise the other day that I didn't even realise that was on, and it was on during one of my events as well, which is quite apt, because we'll come to that during the gigs, which is the boxing. Mr. Tyson Fury. Yes, the British Gypsy King, the, uh, the the preordained king heavyweight of of world boxing at the moment. Now I had no idea that this guy he was he was doing a fight. Yep, he was doing a fight. That's what he does in Wembley Stadium, uh, in front of ninety five or not. Yeah, let's round it off. 95,000 people. Now, I'm sure everybody knows this. Or everybody has seen the news. He won his fight. Yeah, I'm not interested about the result. He was fighting against some guy who looked like he was... They'd made him run round the arena ten times before he got into the ring. He looked shattered and it was... It was uh, but I'm, I want to talk about it because of the spectacle that was his ring entrance. Now... I've recently read in the news as well that uh, the Gypsy King is very interested in getting into the WWE, the wrestling. Now, I don't know if anyone else there watches the wrestling. I don't watch the wrestling because Hulk Hogan's not in it anymore. And Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man's gone to heaven. Oh, yeah, brother. Elbow drop you from the sky. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so that it, it doesn't pique my interest. But it's a multi-million dollar business with these amazing events and these amazing intros that they put on for their wrestlers. And I could not help but think that Vince McMahon was probably sat in a booth somewhere in Wembley Stadium going, I've written this, because it was very wrestling-esque. This guy, Tyson Fury, came out, and it looked like the entrance of WrestleMania. It was a bigger spectacle and a better spectacle than the actual fight itself. Because at least in wrestling, you can theatrically write some stuff in but this was you know off the cuff the boxing was a bit naff but i couldn't believe just how much wembley stadium fair play right you spunked all over london that intro and i think you shot your wad completely when the fireworks went off and everything at the top if anyone has seen this go and google it go on youtube it have a look it's i think the word i'm looking for is overkill it was very much overkill, but it was overkill that I I really didn't think that I needed, and it I really enjoyed it. Fireworks and everything you did, you shot your wad within the first ten minutes, and then the boxing started. It was awful, but I just thought if that's the way boxing is going to go, I'm back in because boxing has got boring. That's why you need to go to bare knuckle fighting, or that weird Czechoslovakian ankle fighting where you're only allowed to hit your face with the ankles. Or Bukaki. No, that's not no, no, not Bukaki. That's... No, don't, not that. Do not... No, don't do that. What's the... What, the thing is a game where the ball's on fire in India and it begins with B and it's not Bukaki. Don't Google that, people. If you do, make sure you've got your VPN on. Right then, that's the international news. I just wanted to chat with that. Now we're going to the Welsh news. We've got some really good stuff as well. Right, here we go. As we know, Wales is the country that all the drama happens in. And we've had some amazing drama and a beautiful, heartwarming story, uh, all in the same breadbasket, if you would. Today's top story in, in, uh, in Wales, on the, the Wales Online, is today we talk to the man who rakes the perfect patterns into Barry Island's beach. Oh, yes. This is the hot shit right here. We don't mess about in Wales. We are talking to the man who rides the tractor and makes the straight lines on the beach. Oh, yes. Beautiful, straight, straight lines. Russell Morgan. Well, you are a hero today. You are a hero. Take your hat off, sir. Stand up in front of the class and take a bow. He talks about his iconic, and I, I quote, <laughs> his iconic technique of driving the tractor in a straight line, turning it around, and then driving it in another straight line. Next to the one he's just done. I mean, oh. <laughs> Go on, son. As they say in London. I mean, the top news in Wales. Russell Morgan. He's doing those lines on the beach so people do not have to worry about it. But hang on, think about it. If you turned up at the beach, actually, yeah, and they were, it was all wobbly and it was all over the shop, 
Now, if I went to Barry Beach and saw that, I would not expect to see a burnt-out car at the bottom of it or in the sea somewhere. But I don't know, it, would that make you feel uncomfortable? Would you go to the beach and... Oh, the lines are wavy and strange and it makes me feel uncomfortable. I do not want to go on the beach anymore. Maybe I should go to the pub instead. Or I'll stay away from the beach. I feel strangely mystified by this. Hmm. But straight lines? Not a problem. Let's lie down and sunbathe and in the rain and bury. Because we have straight lines on the beach. Well done, Morgan. Uh, Russell Morgan. Well done. Uh, hands clapping together for you. That's the news, ladies and gentlemen, bringing you the hot stories all the way from Wales. That's the news. It's kids, kids, it's kids, kids, So then, that's out the way. Uh, let's get down to the crux of it again. We are here to tell you about Gabe's gigs. Yes, and we are giving you a double header today. You've been online, you went to the website, you saw the products that we have, and the big double header is what you ordered. It has arrived in the mail, Amazon, in a box seven times the size of the product. <laughs> By a spotty teenager in a van that he drives really fast. Ah... Uh, so it's arrived. It's here. Uh, we're going to do the first of two gigs, and we are in Wales. We are in a, a little town. I say a little town. It is a little town compared to somewhere like Barcelona. But we are in a town, because it's not quite city status as well, this isn't. Let's not forget, we still live in a country where there are mostly towns. We have one, two, three, four cities, f five at a push. Um... And that's, you can Google that, it's fact. Um, we're in a town in West Wales, a beautiful part of Midwest Wales called Aberystwyth. And if anyone has ever been to Aberystwyth, you'll know that it's always on the news because it gets battered by the sea regularly. It's also a university town uh, based in Mid Wales. And I have no idea as to why the hell somebody decided to make this a great big university town because it is in the middle of literally but far nowhere it is and i'll explain to you that reason now because the drive up there itself is just amazing so uh Aberystwyth, over in west wales uh on the coast if you look hard enough you can see ireland across the sea no you can't it's too far i'm lying but we're in Aberystwyth uh, on the coastline. We're going to a holiday park over in Aber uh, called the Clarach. Yes, with a CH in Wales, it's a ch sound, like a Klingon. Koch ma ichwa bal kapla. That was Klingon, not Welsh. But, you know, you probably couldn't tell the difference. I can't. So, anyhow, we're off to our gig. Aberystwyth uh, in the Clarach Bay, a beautiful part of Wales that I've never been to, and I've been to Aberystwyth multiple times. I used to travel up there because I said it's a university town, which means that um, if you live in a university town, people as well, then you'll know what I'm talking about. It's just basically full of people with lots of different coloured hair and opinions. 
uh, and vegan shops that sell hemp burgers. Can you get hemp burgers? Anyway, there's there's a lot of um, tie-dye. The university, uh, I don't know what, it, it does all sorts in there as well. But we used, we used to travel up there when I was a teenager because we used to play volleyball at the university. There was a big tournament they held up there. The sports facilities, I would say they were good, but they weren't. They were shit. Uh, cold sports halls, freezing, just windy. Aberystwyth is a, is a very windy place, ladies and gents. I mean, if you've ever been to the Orkney Islands or the top part, the Shetlands of Scotland, where everybody has to walk at a... 45 or a 90 degree angle into the wind so you don't get blown over. Aberystwyth is pretty much the same as that. And uh, every picture that you see on the news as well of the Aberystwyth coastline getting battered and the you know, the promenade, that we only have one. That's it. That's the whole thing. It's like f- half a mile long and that's about it. So, yeah, it's not a very big town. There's a lot, and I mean a lot of pubs, a lot of pubs. But anyway, I used to frequent the uh, that area as a teenager playing volleyball uh, in tournaments. Uh, I think we won it a couple of times as well. I think specifically winning it one year and getting nothing but a Toblerone, uh, I think, as a, as a prize. Good old volleyball. That's where the money is. <laughs> so we are heading to Aberystwyth. Now, before we get anywhere near the car, uh, we've got to plan this route out. Now, over in England, you have multiple motorways, the M1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, M, there's lots of M's, lots of M's. You have multiple motorways running through. Wales has one, just one, and it's the M4. It's all we need. Just the one, and it runs all the way from London all the way through South Wales. Well, mostly through South Wales, up to a point where it's just after Swansea. So, if you look on a map, you can sort of equivalently look at uh, how far this motorway runs. And then, it just stops. It just stops. It actually shrinks. It's brilliant. If you've ever driven down to West Wales, Pembroke, ladies and gents, go down there because it's it's fantastic how the rows just shrink. And this was the journey. I knew this was going to happen. <coughs> I knew this very much. And I was looking forward to a lot of it because it's very scenic on the way. But it's also terrifying trying to drive this. Now... The reason I tend to find that these are terrifying is because obviously they get onto the A roads and the roads get smaller and so on and lots of traffic and bank holiday weekend, etc. Um, but it's normally because I've got a car full of gear as well. It's it's a hefty vehicle. Like the vehicle weighs two odd ton as it is anyway. You chuck the extra stuff in the gear, the, the speakers, etc., etc. It weighs it down and it's always... You've got to be more perceptive a little sort of less trigger happy with your your accelerator when you're driving full of gear. But this gig <clears throat> was a real exception. Oh, yes. They told me that I did not need to bring any speakers or equipment with me at all. Thank you. 
I double-checked as well. I triple-checked, and they were correct. So I've got an empty car. Well, I've got my microphone, my uh, costumes, uh, mixer, desk in there, and laptop for the music. So it's quite an empty car. It's nice to drive along the roads. So then... We hit the M4, ladies and gentlemen, and it's going to be a hefty trip. It's a, almost a three-hour drive, this is, yes. Because, because, you ask, why? Three hours? It's, Wales is only small. You can drive all round it in 20 minutes. Well, it's because we don't have any motorways in that part of the world. No, like I said, you hit the M4, you drive to Swansea, and then it stops. No, no we're just not going to build any more of it. Forget it. Then it turns into dual carriageway, single carriageway. And that's when I'm going to pick up the story there because M4 driving is boring. Basically, I have to drive all the way to Carmarthen or thereabouts and turn right. That is literally the way. And follow that road all the way up to Aberystwyth. Now, this road is A road at best, B roads at worst. And I'm not sure if, if anyone has driven, I'm sure there's quite a lot of people from the Midlands, because I'll come to those in the middle, that have driven down to Wales, because it is a very popular uh, holiday destination for people from the Midlands. I don't know why. Uh, it's slightly warmer than Scotland, maybe. Uh, but there's a lot of people that come from the Midlands that drive to North Wales, Mid Wales as well. And if you've driven down the A-roads, you'll know just in the daytime, they're windy, they're long, they're up, they're rising, they're, they're free-falling, they're through forests, they're through canyons, and they're literally canyons. And obviously, the valleys in Wales are massive. And there's greenery everywhere. It's beautiful. Little farms and villages that you drive through dotted around everywhere. You get a lot of those. I know you, people in the West Country and all sort of... Uh, maybe at the north as well. There's a lot of areas like that. Uh, the Lake District, that's one as well. But Wales, when you do it in Wales, you go up a fopping hill on the way there. You come back from the same place, you still go up a fopping hill. They're everywhere. The inclines, the declines. The, oh, incredible. The scenery is beautiful. And the names of the villages, well... This is a game within itself, ladies and gents. And I'll tell you about two games that I like to play whilst I'm driving. Game number one is the stupid name game. And let me, let me put it this way. There are a lot more stupid names in England than there are in Wales for the simple fact that most of the stupid names in Wales will just be full of consonants. And you won't understand what they mean anyway. But I've got a an understanding of Welsh. So some of them can be quite ridiculous. You know, Yeah, there we are. So you're like, what? He's talking Klingon again. But still, it's the, it's the village by the tree. Or something like that. Or the village by the... I don't know. I forget. Oh, he's good at Welsh, he says. Anyway, <clears throat> the stupid name games. But there was a great one on the way to where I was going the other day called Bird Lip. I thought Bird Lip. That's a what that do you know actually that's a really good name for a punk band. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, we're Bird Lip. Bird Lip. I quite like that actually. Bird Lip. 
There we are. That's the next punk band I'm going to start. Birdlip. So the stupid name game. It's basically just finding the stupidest name that you drive past and remembering it. Keeps me occupied. Considering I'm doing the driving on my own. And the second game has got completely nothing to do with our story, but I wanted to tell you about this. This is called the uh, the Caravan Game. Now, if you've never played the Caravan Game, um, it's good fun, because I've lived in a caravan, in the circus, and this is true. <clears throat> what am I about to say, this next statement? <clears throat> Every caravan has a name. If you look on the back of caravans, or on the side, but they're normally written on the back, they will have a name, like, for example, Prestige, or Gala, or uh, Wunderbar, or let's have a look at that, Ranger, or something like this. But if you look on the back of a caravan, it'll always have something on there, a name as such. It's normally quite, as I said, you know, prestigious to make the caravan sound cooler than they actually look. All you need to do is put the word anal. Yes, that's right, anal, either in front or behind the name of that caravan, and it will give you chuckles for at least 10 minutes. There's a good one, pageant, <laughs> prestige, ranger. Yeah, I'll let your imagination do the rest. Next time you go out on the... On a, on a bank holiday especially, and you see the caravans in the uh, in the inside lane, and you see the names on the back of them. Oh, yes, there's some really good ones. Just remember that. Put the word anal in front of the name or behind the name of the caravan, and give yourself seven chuckles. Ha, 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 ha. 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 Now, so we've got the games out of the way. That's the stuff I like to play. Whilst I'm driving up there. So we've hit the A roads uh, heading up to Aberystwyth. We're now halfway through our journey. It's a good hour and a half and so on. And like I said, there's caravans and and lots of roads. Uh, sorry, lots of cars on the road. Lots of people driving, getting to their destinations. And the roads are getting thinner and thinner. Literally thinner and thinner. As the sat-nav is taking me towards my destination. Till eventually... Eventually, we go up the top of a mountain, and the A road stops, or the sat-nav says, turn right, and I turn onto a dirt track. Now, this is where I go, and I start to get annoyed with sat-navs, because it will give you the fastest route, the most direct route, and yes, you can change the settings on those, but sometimes you just don't have time, and sometimes you don't know how to and do it and you just want to get there and ugh. sat naps so i'm on the dirt track uh i'm at the top of a mountain there is literally a sheer drop to my right hand side with a couple of trees uh and then a sheer rise to my left hand side where they've cut this little dirt track out of the mountain follow the road for three miles I'm thinking, you're taking a piss, love. Seriously, you are... <sighs> so we follow the road. Three miles down. I'm bricking it. Driving it. A fully... No, a fully laden. I'm Empty car. Yes, did mention. Thank you. If I'd been driven a fully laden car, I would have been bricking it even more. But still, I don't like it. 
and I drive and drive for this three-mile period. And then I go down the other side of the mountain, and I get to the end of this road. And I pull out immediately into a car park. And this is the back entrance of this car park. Um, I look to my left, and I can see the mountain has dropped right down to the horizon level. The sun is shining to my left-hand side, so I can't quite see what I'm seeing. It's a bit dazzling. To my right, an endless row of caravans. I must have obviously arrived in the right place. So I drove through the car park into another car park, and it opens out into this very predictable holiday-esque area where you've got a reception area, you've got a little amusement arcade, you've got a bar, little stools and rocks and scenery and stuff, and the beach is to my left-hand side. Right, great. Oh, I'm thinking this is fantastic. It looks incredible, ladies and gentlemen. This has been cut or been uh, uh, built into the centre of this valley, and I've driven, driven, obviously driven down the left-hand side of this valley on the mountain, got into the base of this valley where it opens out into the sea. And I'm now looking back through the valley. It must go on a good maybe two miles with the caravans as well. And there's there's thousands, ladies and gents. I'm talking there's fopping thousands of caravans here. All green on this side, all blue over on that side, all yellow over on the third side. There's three sections with a big deep valley down the middle. And the beach behind me. I'm thinking, this is beautiful. And I must admit, driving through the valleys is is testing because you need to keep your wits about you. But when you can stop and then you can just take, what do they say, when you can just smell the roses, just take that in for a second. I got out the car and straight away walked down to the beach. And for those of you who are on Instagram or saw on Facebook as well, I put the picture up of uh, of the bay of Clarach Bay in Aberystwyth, and just how wonderful, I'd forgotten just how wonderful this country is. Wales, by the way. Yes, and just how beautiful, but just how much of a bugger it is to get to these beautiful places. Still, I mean, I was whinging because I've got a car. Imagine what it was like if you just had a donkey. Eh? Skids, kids, skids, kids, So I've paid the beach a visit. I've given an offering to the gods uh, of pleasantry in my mind and given myself a little bit of inner peace. There's something about the sea air as well. It just I, the salt. I love the salt, the smell, and just the freshness. It's almost as if all the weights of the world and your life just disappear. Well, they do for me. They just disappear into liquid form and float away into that sea i love it i absolutely adore it um but i've gone down to the beach taken the uh, obligatory selfie sent the missus a picture and now i'm heading up to the venue because i still have a job to do so we hit the venue we uh we park outside ladies and gents uh it's it looks right hang on let, let me be honest i'll be honest it looks like a shack and it looks like a shack that was built in 1984 and was painted again in 1997, but the same colour, but not quite the same type of paint. And it's peeling and it's a bit, 
it's looking a bit West Wales. Uh, but looks can be deceiving, and they certainly were. So I park the car up and walk up to the door. The first thing uh, that I meet is a security guard. Al, this guy's name was. We got to meet him. Wonderful fella. Uh, I was personally just quite a little bit shocked, taken aback that there was a security guard. Can I have your bag? I think he was from, he said he was from like Kazakhstan or something, Uzbekistan or something like that. It's definitely somewhere of a stan in it. But that Middle Eastern area he'd come over from. Big beaming smile on his face. Big, big bloodshot eyes. And uh, can I see your bass? I need to see your bass, please. And I said, oh, hello, I'm the singer for this evening. Oh, okay, yes. No, one, one moment. Do you wait there? And I'm stood in the doorway, and it's a, there's a bustling uh, and a hustle behind him. He disappears, and there's lots of sort of customers waiting to have their passes checked. And I'm thinking, okay, this, this is tight-knit security. Obviously, they have problems or whatever. And he beckons me through. I walk into the door of this shack. And honestly, it looks like an Ikea fopping showroom. The floor is beautiful. Lovely rendered wood. You've got lovely bits of scenery and art on the wall. You've got a, a hallway which leads into two different uh, rooms, if you would. One's a lounge bar and one's the main cabaret bar. Each left and right of this adjacent, uh, adjacent of this, uh, this corridor. It's beautiful. The inside of this is just incredible. And it did the whole TARDIS thing, because I walked, I followed the gentleman into the lounge and had to meet the lady that was uh, sorting me out and pointing me in the right direction. Uh, the, I must admit, though, the lounge did look like 1998, uh, 99, yeah. It really did. Carpets and stuff like that, it was a bit dated. But anyhow, big... Big venue. Uh, and then she showed me through that the, the security guard, L, shook my hand, said, see you later. And immediately I put on some antibacterial squirty stuff because I think that's how I got COVID last time from shaking people's hands and then licking those people later on, like I said. Uh, Carol, she was a barrel of laughs. This is the lady I got introduced to. And you know those people that have worked in bars and they no longer have the ability to smile. They may be ecstatic. They may have won a scratch lottery ticket, 300 grand, look at that, but you would never get a smile out of them, ever. Uh, they've just been there too long. The, the cynicalism, the cynicism, cynicism of this lady about her job was wonderful to behold. Hello, Carol, I'm the singer. How are you? Yes, love, I'm fine. Okay. Tell me where I need to go, Carol, and, uh, and we can be already done with this conversation. You can get back to moping where you were. Lovely stuff, she says. Points me in the direction, puts me into the uh, the doorway of this cabaret room. Now, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, members of the jury, for those of you who have been to holiday parks, you know that they have a good entertainment. Well, they should have. And I have whinged and I've bitched about it before. Holiday parks should know better. <clears throat> they should provide facilities because they're there to entertain. It's the entertainment section. You know, they should look after the staff and the performers and have the right facilities there and everything, and not get changed in the toilets and yada 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 blah 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 blah. Well, this venue made me eat my words. 
every single one. Oh, I chewed on it and I was glad because this, ladies and gents, is one of the best venues I have been ever. Ever. It was phenomenal. So I get introduced to a gentleman by the name of Sean. He's what, late 20s? Early 30s? Give or take. I could be, could be older, I don't know. I'm just being generous. Anyway, this is Sean. He's the uh, one of the entertainers that's in the place. He's sat in the sound booth for this venue. Uh, that's always a good sign that they have a sound booth. Big desk in there as well. Get introduced to this guy. Lovely fella. Really nice fella. Uh, and was telling me that he, uh, everything about that I needed to know what time I needed to start. And I'm looking over at the stage and I'm thinking, this looks fantastic. And he went, um, we have everything that you need. I was okay, right. I've brought my desk if you need to plug in. No, we would prefer you... <coughs> We would prefer you to use the in-house system. Okay, I says, no problem. Have you worked with a sound engineer before? Oh, it, it was like a mo like a ah. The angels were chanting behind me as this light, these rays of beautiful light behind Sean shone and his halo sh stunningly shone through. Couldn't get my words out there. As he said those words to me, I and, and as a as a performer, guys, if you've ever had that and had to do it on your own and gig yourself for so long and do your own sound, and obviously having worked in the very professional era and played the Roundhouse in London um, <clears throat> twice, uh, also multiple festivals, uh, so on, and having worked with some of the best around the world, yes, what, 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 what. It's nice to have a sound engineer and you haven't got to tweak your own knobs. Someone else is playing with your knobs. Oh, it's so much more fun. Yes. So he shows me over to the to, uh, to, to the stage. And guys, we're talking, they've got a full-on massive bass bin system. Just full professional rig that's all been rigged up to the side of this stage. Like you would an arena. They've got a massive lighting rig with everything you could think of going on. We've even got three stage monitors down the front of the stage. And this stage is about, I'd say, 20 foot wide by about 15 foot deep. Beautiful. Star climb. You, you name it. It just looks fantastic. It looks really, really professional good. And behind that stage... Sorry, but that's the main stage. Behind that stage is another raised platform where they have the musicians set up as well. I'll come to that in a moment, because I was so pleased with this. So pleased. So he shows me to the stage, uh, shows me around and says, look, we just need you to uh, plug your laptop in. There's your socket. There's everything. I'm talking they've got a desk. It's all set out for me. They've even brought out some Capri's cream eggs. Yes, that's how special I am. They brought out some Capri's cream eggs and put them next to the desk. It was incredible. Honestly, I was like, dude, Sean, I'm going to marry you, me and you, and we're going to live here together, and this is going to be our life, and we're going to raise children off eBay that we buy, uh, or rent, uh, and anyway, so 
Um, he shows me the stage, and I plug the laptop in. I've never, ever just walked into a gig and just had to plug the flipping laptop in, and that's it. This is around 6.30, sort of 7 o'clock as well. I'm not going on stage until 9. Uh, sound check, 1, 2, 1, 2. Yep, we're done. Fantastic, because the monitor mix, they've got monitors. Guys, they've got monitors. I've just got to sing through the microphone and do my thing. It's finally, I don't have to break my back and lift the bass bins and everything. I'm just so happy with it. Then he takes me out the back and shows me the dressing room and the dressing area as well. Uh... You couldn't ask for anything more. I literally could not ask for anything more. Sofas, water fountain, mirrors everywhere, hangers, warm. It was warm. Oh, my God, it was warm. And don't forget, we are in a very windy place of Wales as well. So the heating's on. It's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. Uh, in the back area, where misses. In the back area is where I get to meet the Ents manager, Jem as well gentleman goes with the name i think his name was jeremy but everyone called him jem what 50 odd been doing it for 30 years lives on site loves it fantastic guy absolutely wonderful i cannot say more uh good things about the people in this club it was really nice and it was a very professional professional outfit they knew what they were doing they knew what they needed from me and as i said equipment wise it's amazing just amazing. It's It was stadium-esque. I really have to accentuate that. It was stadium-esque. So anyhow, um, they have shown me around and now they're leaving me to my own devices. They've told me what time I need to go on, what I need to do. And that was a shock as well. That was a really nice shock because normally we go into these events and you have to do two 45 minutes or two maybe 50 or two 60 minute sets. Uh, Jem turns around at me and says, Marvellous, we've got the, the band going on before you. Then Sean's going to do a three-song set, and then you go on and do your hour. Come again? M my hour. Then, what, take a break? You're going to do some bingo or do some games, and I'll do the second slot. No, 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 just, just do your hour. We just need an hour. What, what, what? <laughs> I'm in shock. All right. Uh, you just, uh, do, you want, do you want an hour and a half? Do you need an encore? No, we need you to be done by uh, minimum 10 past 10. All right. Okay. You, uh, to, now, as what, what's the old saying? You don't look a gift horse in the mouth. At this moment, uh, my mouth decided... Uh, with my brain, they were going to work in tandem and close. And they did. Huh. Shut that mouth, accept what you've just heard, and get on with it. Because that is beautiful. No 245s, no two sets. One hour, get in there, bish, bash, bosh, job done, and we're out of it. Superb stuff. That's what I'm talking about. Skids, skids. So I'm settled down in the back room. I get to meet the band. And this is why I was so impressed. Because I went on stage and had a little look. And the curtains were shut for the second part of the stage. 
so you could only see the main part and they had a drum kit they had the keyboard uh setup their one two three different keyboards basically a, a, a band setup that you would normally get for a holiday sort of park um the reason i was impressed with this is because live musicianship doesn't always happen as much as it should in places like this this is as a child, if I ever went to a holiday camp or anything like that or went away, there was always a live band or always at least some sort of musicianship there as well. Um, it's faded. That entire art has faded over the years, you know, because of X, Y and Z reasons. A lot of it, a lot of it to do with money. They don't want to pay the artists or the musicians. They had two guys. They had a drummer and a keyboard player. Now, don't get me wrong. This isn't like Kings of Leon. It's not Skrillex. It's not Pendulum. You know, there's not Stadium Anthem song. It's John and Steve playing Black Lace numbers. You know, a bit of Agadoo, a bit of Mumbo number five. On the cheesiest settings on the piano you can find and the drums. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And they did their little slot before I went on. They did a 35-minute slot. And the reason that I loved it is because it brought me back to my childhood. Those times when you would go and stay in a caravan site. You'd go camping and then you'd go and sit there. And you'd be that kid running around, sliding on your knees, on the dance floor, having a lollipop, drinking a blue slush puppy, mate, till your tongue went fizzy. Running around asking your mum and dad or whoever you were with for a, another 10p or a pound to go and play on the arcade games. And come 10 o'clock, you'd be tuckered out and lying down on your dad's or mum's lap or something, listening to the music playing whilst they were drinking, having a good time. Now I'm on the other side of that curtain and I'm seeing it. And the nostalgia, the nostalgia with it. I'm sure we've all been there, eating the candy floss, even with our own children. You may have been on holidays exactly the same. And I respect that. It's a tradition for musicians and a British tradition as well that has died. But it was not. It was alive and well in this club. Alive and kicking. Playing black lace numbers. Push push the tree. I mean... Really in the club style as well. It's Mambo number five. Here we go. One, a two, a three, four, five. Everybody, do, do, uh, come on, let's drive. Sing it, John. I loved it. It's fantastic. And they've been there. Those musicians have been there like 30 years. They knew the score. They knew the score. They did their bit. Which I loved, like I said. And then uh, Sean went on and did a couple of songs as well. And what a great voice. What, And I'm, I always find it that you get entertainers or people that are stuck in the entertainment jobs. And they're so much more talented than they should be for doing the job that they're doing. This guy had a cracking voice. and He did tell me afterwards he gets to do a, a certain slot uh, once a month or something. So that's good. He does get to perform, but... He went on, did a, did a couple of numbers on there as well, warmed them up. And then it's my turn. Oh, yes. And they asked me, you know, what songs I'm doing. And I've rapidly 
shortened my set. I've taken all the best bits from the first half and all the best bits from the second half and chucked them all in one one big ultra set. Ultra set. And the majority of what I'm doing in there is classic rock. Oh yes, we're getting some rock and 90s rock. And that's all you're getting. Nothing else. It's my choice tonight. <coughs> also variation. They've had all the cheese. I'm not giving them any more cheese. There's a lot of Gorgonzola been out there already. I mean, Black Lace has been played twice. I mean, Agadoo has been played twice already. So... The introduction, ladies and gentlemen, was spot on as well. I had a sound engineer. Great intro. The guys shout me up on stage. Bang. And we're off. Hit play. And we're into our first song. I can't see diddly dick at all. There are so many lights on that stage. I am blind. I can't see the monitors in front of me. I can't see the people out there at all. I'm just... Everywhere I look... You know when you stare into a light bulb and you get that orange, orange brown or whatever the shape of the light may be for that second or two when you close your eyes and it's just there. Everywhere I look, I'm just staring into light bulbs. I'm so tall, I'm at the same height as the, the majority of the lights. So, first song, I'm just dazzled. I can't see a damn thing. And it's getting your bearings as well, because this is a stage that I've not warmed up on or anything I'm not familiar with. I've just walked onto and done this. But the sound, oh my lordy, wow, wow. I mean, you could feel it in your chest. I could feel it in my chest pumping up on stage already. I jumped out at the end of the first song onto the dance floor. I had a small stage and jumped down onto it and talked and just so I could hear the sound of that. And oh my God, stadium-esque. Guys, well done. Like, fopping well done. The engineer and that were sure just fantastic. So anyway, we're rolling into it now, and we're into the second song. Um, and I realised that I heard uh, there's because I knew there was a lot of people from the Midlands that Sean had obviously shouted out earlier. They do. There's a lot of the. Um, hang on, let me just slow down. A lot of the entertainers uh, around the holiday parks, because people come from all over the world, there's a certain thing that they'll do, you know, is it, which is, and have you got anyone from Scotland here? Anyone from England? Anyone from Ireland? Anyone from France, Spain, or from Wales? They'll go through the countries and get everyone to cheer and make a bit of camaraderie between everyone. And he'd already done that in the evening, so I knew that they were people from the Midlands. He'd scaled it down a bit, you know, who's from England? Who's in the north, south, east, etc. So I knew there was a large ma uh, majority of people from from the Midlands, out there as well. So I gave it a shout straight away. Uh, and I asked, there was a table in front of me, there were, uh, full of five or six people, three older guys, three older ladies, in their 50s, 60s, having a good time. And I could, all I could hear was, And I thought to myself, I know that accent. I know that. And I asked, I said, have we got anyone from Wolves in here? And that table, and another three, four tables at the back, um, all erupted. Ray, Wolverhampton, 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 Wolverhampton. There's about, I would say, 100, 120 people out there in the audience, all seated and sat in different areas. And it's quite a very large area that you can sit in, sort of 
raised area to the left and right, and then a main sort of seating area down the front. All the tables are full, right the way back to the bar. And these tables, Wolverhampton, Wolverhampton, and I'm thinking, hang on, I recognise that song. And they start singing the football chant. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I was like, I had my classic rock set set up, and I thought, Do you know what? I was like, we got anyone from Wolves? And I said, oh, I, we, I've been to Molyneux. And I actually have. I've been to Molyneux football stadium more than I've been to any other stadium in the world. And I'm, and I'm not a massive football fan. I'm, and I'm not a Wolves fan. But they got good pie. And I've been invited up there by my goddaughter's father uh, and their family many times. Shout out to Bob. Thank you very much for taking me up there. Every time I've gone to see Wolves play against Cardiff, Cardiff have won. And I apologise. But we're naff. Anyhow, so I knew about Wolverhampton. Um, I knew the accent. It was fantastic. So straight away, I thought, well, here we go. Smart brain me. Oh, yes. Quick fingers on the uh, on the laptop. Oh, yes. i got to give myself credit. Tom Hark and we're away. Boom. I hit play. And the place erupted. It was the best thing that could have happened for my gig and for my set that evening. Within the space of four or five seconds of the song starting, the table of people are already on the dance floor. Three of the guys have got their tops off and they're waving their T-shirts round in the air. The table at the back, three of them are coming down towards the, sta uh, towards the stage as well, the dance floor. They're trying to get through the crowd. The song's going... Oh, da, 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 da. Two of them have got Wolverhampton tops on. They're already dancing on the on the floor. One of them starts to body pop. Everyone's hugging each other. All the Wolverhamptons, they're cheering, they're shouting, they're singing along. We play Tong Hark. The place is going crazy. Absolutely nuts. Because I just said the word Wolverhampton. They're going bananas. Dancing. And we finish the song. One of, one of the guys throws his Wolverhampton top to me. I catch it. And I was like, hey, everyone cheers. And uh, I went to give it back, and I, so, hang on, I thought, hang on a sec, I, I turned it around and said, have we got a, is there a number on the back of there? And he's like, oh no, there's no name. And I thought, I said, said over the microphone, I said, you should have had Bully's number on there. Well, to give myself credit, ladies and gentlemen, I gave myself a thousand brownie points with that group instantaneously. <gasps> he knows Bully! And for those who don't know Bully, Steve Bull, one of the greatest... Yes, one of the greatest uh, defenders, central defenders, I think he was, that the English game ever put out. And he put out, you think he was their club captain for many years and their, their talisman. But anyway, a legend of Wolverhampton Football Club. This man knew his knowledge. Thank you, Bob. Seriously, Bob and Bex, thank you so much for giving me all that because it was really useful. Really useful. So, uh, in a nutshell... I've basically got this group of people eating out of my hand now. And I don't know if you've been to the Midlands or are from the Midlands, but people from the Midlands are just really lovely. You can't not like it. They have one of the softest and greatest, most accepting accents ever, especially the Wolverhampton. I love it. All right, babe, come and have a dance. All right, come and have a dance with me. That was dreadful, but still, you get it. And I love the accent. So they're... They're up and they're into it straight away. So we're going through the songs, ladies and gents. We're having a talk in between the sets. 
And we've got into about half an hour of it. We've gone through some classic rock. We've had some White Snake. Yes, I mean to good some good classic rock. We've got we did a bit of Alice Cooper. We've got a bit of James in there as well, the nineties stuff. Some Alanis Morissette, all the good the good stuff that you wouldn't normally hear out your club singers. We're having a good time. We're having a great time. People are dancing and having a having a good one. Now, and we get into the uh the harder rock stuff. I says, right, we're gonna do a little Bon Jovi now. And this it's not harder rock, but for the holiday crew, the audience out there, it's as hard as I'll generally go. Like, It's My Life, the Bon Jovi song. It's as hard as I'll go musically without being asked, unless, I'm sorry, unless I get asked to do something different, which is exactly what happened. I was singing the rock stuff, and I was like, right, okay. And then one guy shouted out out the audience, Metallica! Well, that's like throwing a football to Cristiano Ronaldo. He knows exactly what to do with that and how to work that magic. So my instant reaction was that, well, what would you like? Sandman, I disappear, or nothing else matters. And even before I'd given him time to finish the answer, I'd hit play and nothing else matters starts. That echoing legendary guitar which it was a song that I didn't necessarily have to sing because they sang most of it which I was amazed at I'm going to be honest I was expecting a lot of the audience to be sort of middle of the road I mean Metallica are middle of the road they're as middle of the road as metal's going to get but it was a case of every person was singing along. Every person joined in. Um, I've never heard a, a room of people in a holiday park singing Nothing Else Matters to Metallica at the top of their voices. It was a, a sight to behold. I must admit, I was I was shocked, but fantastically shocked in a way that it was just beautiful. I mean, yeah, I, I can't describe a feeling really with words as much as it it's tingling. I think the only thing that would be better than that would be if it, if people were singing a song that you had written as a musician. That, that must be the next stage of of how that feels. But this was great. So we finished the song, Nothing Else Matters. Uh, Da-dum, finished. As we go, there we go. The same guy. Oh, the Iron Man's here. Can you hear it? Hang on, I'll be back. <coughs> Sorry, the scrap man turned up. Had to get rid of the old pots and pans. Do, have, do, do, do you people still have that come round your way? I love it. I love it. The old rag and bone man, innit? Anyhow, um, I was saying Metallica, yes. A room full of people singing Metallica. I'm sure it's great for Metallica, and that's a, that's a Thursday for them, but 
it was a wonderful, wonderful sight to behold um, and really good. But as soon as the song had finished, the same guy, again, funny buggers, this is what you guys think you're funny. Ha 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 ha, shouts out, Chaz and Dave. I'm thinking, all right, you know, everyone gets a chuckle. Oh, ha 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 ha. Within four seconds of him saying that, boom, rabbits playing. His face was a picture. You got a beautiful chin. You got beautiful skin. You got a lot without a doubt. But I'm thinking about blowing you out. Cause you won't stop talking. And we're off. The Cockney. Well, there's no Cockneys in there. But everybody's doing the Cockney dance. And from going from one room with beautiful choruses of nothing else matters into rapturous laughter of Chaz and Dave Rabbit, 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 Rabbit was was fun. I like those little challenges and those little things. That's what, pick it up on your audience. That's what I like to do. Just listening to my crowd, getting to know your audience and making it a personal experience. And it makes it fun as well. Instead of just going up there and thinking you're Hugh Jackman, the greatest showman. Have some fun with your audience. Piss around with them. So, now we're getting towards the end of the show. <coughs> um, I, I've i got my usual clobber on. I should, forgot to say as well. I've got usual clobber. I've uh, got my long black jacket on. And all white underneath that. And I've let my hair down this evening as well. Because I normally put it up in a ponytail. I've got really long hair now. Really long hair. Right the way down to my ankles. Uh, but I let it down. Because I, th- I thought, sod it. Let's have a, have a laugh. But I made the mistake of doing some head banging. Some moshing, as they used to call it in the 90s. You know, shaking your hair, basically. Uh, in one of the earlier songs. And I thought, oh, that right hurt my neck. Oh, I haven't done that for a while. Because I, I, don't forget, I've had COVID. I've just got over COVID. And this is the this is the first event, the first performance that I've done since then. So I'm a little out of breath. It's taking its toll on me a little bit. And I'm doing an hour straight through. So I get to like the last couple of songs and I'm thinking, Christ, I haven't got much left in the tank. But we're we're into the last three songs and uh, I I chucked in Proud Mary again for the girls because the the ladies were dancing and they like to they like to do the dance moves to this one. Uh, and that table of Wolverhampton lot came up as well and the ladies were dancing and the one lady was shouting throughout the song. She goes, "My name's Lisa. I'm Lisa." Hello, I'm Lisa. I'm sure she said Lisa, because I'm sure it was Lisa. Um, come to think of it, I, I don't know if it was. We're going to use Lisa anyway. So she wanted to make sure that I knew her name. So there we go, I knew her name. Um, she looked about sort of late 50s, having a good time. Her, her daughter, her friends, it was her daughter, because they looked identical either that or the gene pool in that family is just weird so they finished we finished the song and they're dancing along and she's shouting like you're fantastic you're having it this is fantastic this is really good this is brilliant i'm laughing away going i'm not i'm shit love this is dreadful <laughs> i'm awful i like you know just backing it down and just emphasizing the point that i'm human having a laugh having a good time with them now I'll finish up, uh, what did we finish with? We did, uh, oh yeah, Chesney Hawks, the one and only. 
Oh, yeah, heavy metal. Heavy metal. John, I'd like to hear a heavy metal version of that. I might do that later. I might record a metal version of that. Anyhow. Right. So I finished the set with that. I thought, let's just take the piss. Let's have one last song. And that was what I did. Obviously, I knew an encore was coming. So they're all shouting, more, 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 more. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, please thank you, Mr. Gabriel Marshall. I walk off stage. Would you like another one? It, and this was done really well as well. I actually had the chance to walk off stage and come back on for an encore, which is how it should be done in the theatre. That's how it is. You know, that's our profession. That's the, the tradition. It's so nice to have the old traditions and be able to do them. So I got on the stage uh, and instantly regretted the, the choice that I'd made of last song because I put Bohemian Rhapsody on. Now, this isn't not the choice of the actual song itself because everyone enjoyed the last choice of song, but more from a physical aspect of myself. So we're going through the main part of the song. Mama just killed a man, bloody, 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 blah. Everyone's singing along. It's coming up to the, the guitar solo part. You know what I'm doing. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. And I'm thinking to myself, do a headbang. Now, I'm in the middle of singing a song, and the only thought that's going through my head is, if I shake my head now, I feel dizzy, and I'm probably going to fall over. So, but I've given everything that I've had this evening. I've already thought to myself, I, you know, I've done some headbanging, so if I don't do it now, then people are going to look at me and go, well, why isn't it doing it? Because this is the perfect song to do it in. And I've got my hair down and I've got sweat dripping from my face and it looks rock and roll. And I'm just like, you know, and I'm thinking and all this happens in a split second. And then the chorus or the guitar solo kicks in. I plant one foot right. I plant another foot left. I drop softly to my knees and I start shaking the hair instantaneously I feel sick and I'm dizzy as hell I'm but I'm still going I'm still doing it and I'm literally thinking to myself what are you doing why are you doing this stop doing this you are going to regret this tomorrow when you wake up you're going to fall over now for starters let alone that just don't re remember when what it's like driving you've got a three-hour drive back home and your neck's going to be killing you you're going to be aching it's going to be cold you're going to be soft I mean you, you, you don't have to have a you can't have a shower before you go so you can't warm your muscles up you're going to stretch your neck out before you do this what the hell's going on everything oh my god stop banging your head stop shaking your head stop shaking your flipping head and I'm still going I'm still going. And all this is going through my head. I'm thinking, you prat. You idiot. You're going to regret this. I'm feeling sick. I'm feeling all sorts. Um. So you think you can stone me and spin in my eye? Came out. I don't know how it came out, but it didn't sound like that as I was trying to stagger around the stage and trying to find something that put a purchase of hand on so I could steady myself because I felt like I was going to throw up or fall over at any moment. That was the second line then. So you think you can stole me and spit in my eye? So you think you love me and leave me to die? Now, I, as a singer, 
or any singers out there, I'm not sure if you've done this, when you've gone for a note and the voice just squeaks out because you're trying to do something else or you're walking or you're running or it just doesn't work. <laughs> Your body's not concentrating on this singing. That's what came out. And you see it in my eye. And it squeaked, squealed out and I'm in a mess. So I'm holding on to the, the mic stand, dripping wet with sweat, dizzy as hell. The room's spinning. My neck is already throbbing because I'm 40 and I did all my head banging in my 20s and I didn't build up my neck muscles like Eddie Hall. And uh, it's just, I feel sick. I think I'm going to throw up. It's just, it's just all wobbly. The lights are flashing in my eyes and we get to the last thing and it breaks down and musically it's calming. And we finally get to the last sentence. I managed to get it out. <laughs> managed to say, nothing really matters. Anyone can see. Nothing really matters. And ladies and gentlemen, we're done. I got to take a bow without throwing up, without falling over, dripping sweat from every orifice and every part of my body. Everywhere. Even like sweating from behind the knees. You know, I mean, How? I think my ankles were sweating. It's elbow. It's dripping off my elbow. But we get to the bow. Finally, take the bow, and we're done, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Say good night. And I duck out, and I'm done. I'm out the back, and the very first thing I do is fall on the sofa, gasping for air, clutching the back of my neck, in pain. <laughs> So the gig's done. We finished the whole hour. Oh, I actually did an hour and ten minutes. I know. Shoot me, eh? I've given everything. Possibly a lung and maybe the ligaments in the back of my neck. But we're done. And it was great. Fantastic sound. Marvellous. And then the disco's off. The disco is on. So people are dancing and... I'm getting changed. Uh, it's great. It's nice and it's nice and warm in the dressing room. Oh, and that is really nice to be able to come and get dressed when you're soaking wet. I honestly felt like I jumped in a shower with my clothes on. That's how much the toxins from maybe COVID had come out of my body. And the first one, the first gig back from being ill, really does take it out of your mind. But I'm thinking, fantastic now. Uh, and the time, it's ten past ten. It's ten past ten, ladies and gentlemen. I normally finish my gigs when we perform. 11.30, midnight, maybe half midnight. It's ten past ten. I'm in Wonderland. I'm, I'm, I want a lollipop. I'm eating candy. I'm having a great time. This is ten past ten. For the simple fact I know I've got a three-hour drive home in the dark, and the most petrifying roads in the world. So that's got to come. So ladies and gentlemen, simple, we said our thank yous uh, to Jem. I want to extend again a very big thank you to all the crew down uh, down there. They were fantastic, to Sean uh, and Jem, and the two guys, the musicians, whose names I completely remember, uh, completely forget, Bill and Ben, Bob and Bert. Keith and Graham 
whatever they're called. They were great guys. Uh, it was really welcoming. Uh, so I'm closing up the stuff. I'm packing up the stuff. I've now got dressed. I'm packing up the stuff. And I'm on the stage. And Lisa, who's, I believe it was Lisa, from this Wolverhampton lot, comes over to the stage whilst I'm packing up. And she's holding her hand out. And she's like, come here, come here. She wants to shake my hand. And she says to me, she said, would you come over? And can I have a photograph with you? Yeah, of course. This doesn't happen very often, ladies and gents. And I get quite shy with this. I'm going to be honest because I don't look at myself in any way like that. Why the fucking hell would you want a photograph with that tall, sweaty git who looks like the weirdo from Spaced? You know what I mean? I mean, look at him. Looks like a metal crackhead. But anyhow, they want a picture. So I'm like, okay, yeah, we're not worried. Go over to the table and everyone's pat me on the back and everyone's having a great time and saying how much they really enjoyed the show as well and Lisa I sit down with with Lisa and we're just having a quick chat for a second she turns around she says we've come on on holiday we've we're a group of friends this is my daughter and she introduces everybody and she says I've come on holiday because I'm starting my cancer treatment on Monday this was uh, a Friday or Thursday or Friday I think it was a Friday that's right I'm starting my cancer treatment on Monday now, when someone tells you like that, I mean, it's a smack in the face because it really makes you feel like, oh, shit. You know, it. it but shit in a, in a good way because what she said next was lovely. She said, you've made our evening. You've made our holiday because we're going to start, obviously we're traveling back on Monday, but we haven't had a dance and a drink all week um, because they haven't had any entertainment on until Friday. And we've been here Monday to Monday. We're doing Monday to Monday. But you've made our evening, made the holiday. This is fantastic. And she just said, thank you. She said, thank you very much. She just held my hand, put her hand on top of mine and just said, thank you. Look me in the eyes and that was enough. That was just an understanding. And it made my job and everything that I'd done so worthwhile. And it was it's the reason, ladies and gentlemen, why I do what I do. Is for those type of reactions. Not to seek them out, but to be able to give those type of reactions. And people to have that and be able to say thank you. Because I'm shit, I'm... I'm shitting everything else. My bricklaying, my plumbing work, my woodwork's not too bad. But I'll never be an electrician. It's the one thing I'm good at. And I'm so happy that it made her feel that way as well. She got that enjoyment out of it. Because she was basically saying, you know, life is short. And it is. It really bloody is. But it made it so worthwhile. So a very big shout out, I'd just like to say, to Lisa and all those guys from Wolverhampton that had a great evening. And not only I made their evening, but they made mine. I couldn't have done my job uh, without them as well. And so thank you. I mean, you may not listen to this. You may never see me or hear from me again but i've now been given the opportunity publicly as well to say thank you and and the best of luck and i hope that 
that your treatment works and you can live a long and prosperous life. Live long and prosper in Wolverhampton. So I've finished packing up the gear. Um, <clears throat> as I said, we sat down. I was chatting with this group of people. And I get up to leave. I say goodbye to this uh, little group of people. And there's a, I get a little tug on my other leather. I've got another leather jacket. I wear two leather jackets. On my leather jacket at the side. And there's a kid. Must have been about eight or nine down to the side of me. And he says, excuse me. He says, can I have a picture with you as well? I was like, oh, dude. Yeah, no problem, man. I turned around and his father's stood stood behind us. He's like, he really loves rock music. He loves Metallica. And I was like, really, dude? He's like, yeah. This kid goes, yeah, I love him. Throws the horns up straight away. I was like, oh, my, wow. Oh, this kid's been educated well. Take the photograph. Shake the dad's hand. Said thank you very much. Um, head over towards the bar as well. And there's another couple of people. Oh, I can have a picture in this as well. I'm stunned by this. I really am. I mean... Thank you, <laughs> but why do you want pictures of me? <laughs> I just don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I got a big chin, saggy, baggy eyes, and long, craggy hair. If you met me anywhere else out in the street, you'd probably give me a pound. But they want a picture. Well, anyway, maybe it's they all work for um, the government and they're trying to keep tabs on me. That's what it is. It's the aliens. So we go over to the bar. Uh, as as And as always. Say my thank yous to everyone working behind the bar. All the people behind the scenes. Uh, there was a bloody lot of them. Uh, but thank Carol as well and everyone else at the team. I just, I honestly, I can't thank them enough. It was just such a great venue. Such great people. And then I'm off. And I walk outside, and then we get back to L, the security guard. Don't forget the security guard. He comes bounding over. Literally, big smile on his face, beaming smile on his face. Gabriel, 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 can I have photograph? Can I take photograph with you? I was like, yeah, man, of course. I need to tell you one thing. I need to tell you one thing. My son, because you come, you come from Cardiff, yes? You, come from, uh, you drive from Cardiff, yes. Oh, yeah, yes, I've come from Cardiff. My son, we go to Cardiff tomorrow. We are driving to Cardiff in the morning. My son, he plays rugby in the stadium in the final. I was like, oh, okay. I am very proud, very proud. Oh, brilliant. And if you know rugby, that is quite an achievement. That is pretty much a very big achievement. You've ever played a, a rugby final in the National Alms Park or the... the the Millennium Stadium or the Prince, whatever the bloody thing's called, now, whoever's sponsoring it, the Skittles Arena, the MyUndies Stadium. I don't know what it's called now, but in Wales, it's quite very prestigious. My son, he plays in the, in the rugby finals. What position does he play? Yes, he plays the rugby. Okay. <laughs> All right, then we take the photo. I show him tomorrow when we go to Cardiff. I show him picture. This man, he's from Cardiff as well. You are in Cardiff. Isn't that coincidence? Oh yes, very good. Rugby. So we have the <laughs> we have the photograph. We take the photograph. 
Big smiles, shaking hands, and I'm into the car. Now, this is when I like to take a moment just to breathe, take a few breaths, figure out the sat-nav, and prepare for the most terrifying drive home. I set the sat-nav for the link home. Now, there, at the moment, are a lot of roadworks that are happening on the M4 in Wales for some unknown reason, considering we've only got three miles of it in Wales. What are they doing? So the sat-nav has closed those routes to me. I now have to travel over the Brecon Beacon National Park on the single A roads in the middle of the night with no street lamps, crappy cat's eyes, and 60 to 50 to 60 mile an hour speed limits on the national roads, yeah, national roads, uh, 70 miles an hour if it's lit. No, if it's not lit, I don't know. Anyway, but not traveling fast. And country bumpkin dickheads driving up my ass because they want they know the roads and they want to get past you. Or the complete opposite of being stuck behind somebody who's doing 26 miles an hour on a 60 mile an hour road. Yes, I had it all. I had it all. As much as the, but- the drive was beautiful and scenic on the way up there, I... I actually had to put my seat forward and drive like a like a learner or you know you see the old ladies sat in their cars or the old guys sat right forward I literally had to do that my I think I blinked four times in three hours I almost threw up twice because the roads were so windy and they're dark uh, and all you can see is the road ahead of you and the light and whatever the light shines upon and you're left, you go right, and you swerve left, and then you're up, and then you swerve down, and you're left, and you're right, and you swerve up and down, left, and right. At least twice, at least twice. Up the mountains, and if you've been to the Brecon Beacons, it's a mountain. Breck, it's a mountain. It's high. It's There's no lights nothing there's sheep fopping everywhere they're in the road there's vehicles coming at you with their high beams on and they don't turn them off and you're bright and you're, you're thinking i'm just if i just left ever so slightly i'm going over the top of this hill i'm taking these sheep with me you know hopefully i'll land on a bale of hay or something but oh my lord and because the motorway section that i needed to be on was shut I had to drive the entire three-hour trip on the A and B roads like that for three hours up until I got to Merthyrdville, which is about 10 miles from where we live. Oh, my, my butthole had never been so puckered. My eyes had never been so dry. My mouth had never been so dry. I had never concentrated so hard in my life took my hands off the steering wheel or finally prized them away from the steering wheel and got home all ready to do it again the next day
Skeets, skeets. Skeets.